You're listening to The Dilly Show with author Brendan Dilly, now available as a daily podcast. You can catch the show live Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Go to dillyshow.com for details. And now, your host, Brendan Dilly. Good morning, MAGA. Welcome back to The Dilly Show. I am your host, author Brendan Dilly. It's my book right here. Still breathing the wisdom and teachings of a perfectly flawed man. You can pick that up on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or any other major book retailer. Also, if you love this show, you can support this show. Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. That's Subscribestar.com forward slash The Dilly Show. Still the best place to go and make your contributions if you want to support us. Each and every $5 contribution makes a tremendous difference, and uh, we appreciate it. It allows us to do cool stuff. Like we just did in Iowa, helping uh, President Donald J. Trump get back into office, starting that in Iowa. And if you love this show, you can download it and take it on the road with you by going to bit.ly forward slash Dilly Show and getting the podcast courtesy of magical producer Trevor. That's bit.ly forward slash Dilly Show. So check that out today. Oh, my God. All right. Good morning. Happy fucking hump day. Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. Another day in America. I am uh, I'm I'm slowly coming back to life. Uh, it has been an incredible five day run. Um, wore my ass out. We were going zero to 100 and never really dropped below 80. And I am talking about the energy and uh, exertion of the last few days. Uh, it's been bonkers. Could not have done it without you guys. Could not have done it without the Dilly 300. Could not have done it without the Dilly meme team. I could not have done it without my friends. Uh, it's been incredible. Yeah, thank God for wives, huh? You get yourself a good one and you can run through brick walls. And that's what I got. I got a great wife and a great family, Randy Savage. Taking care of me and my children, uh, cheering on dad. I love you guys. So, it's been crazy. Iowa. We're going to talk a little bit about an Iowa recap, the way that I would do it. Not the way that they tried to do it yesterday. I think yesterday they were still reeling. I, I'm going to be straight up with you. The shock of that victory and how decisive, overwhelming, and um, embarrassing it was. It actually left the fake news not knowing how to spin it. It left opposing campaigns reeling, not knowing how to talk about it and frame it. They've all had about a day to collect their thoughts, and they still haven't fucking figured it out. And that's okay. And that's okay. Um, the Iowa caucus was 48 hours ago, and it was a resounding and magical, incredible victory for President Donald J. Trump. It was something that Anyone who claims to be pro-Trump and loyal to America first and passionate about MAGA should be still celebrating and discussing. If you are talking about anything other than that victory, you are not a pro-America, pro-Trump patriot. You're a fucking fraud. So if you've spent the last 24 hours riding my dick without me knowing it because I was driving across the fucking country because some of us put up fucking rather than shut up. The reality is 
We were there, boots on the ground, getting it fucking done. And those who weren't there are still crying nonstop about the Dilly Meme team and yours truly and our willingness to sacrifice and inject ourselves into the election process. It's not my fault we're highly effective. It's not my fault you motherfuckers are useless who do all this shit talking, crying about me and my team because you think that we're upsetting religious people, okay? I got news for you. If we were upsetting religious people, then why did Iowa just give Donald J. Trump a massive fucking victory, you simple fuck whores? Real talk, if Iowa, the most evangelical state in America, had a problem with the Dilly Meme Team's messaging regarding Donald J. Trump and God-making Trump, then why the fuck, after him playing it, fucking six, seven, eight times at every significant rally for two fucking weeks did they turn out and vote for Trump in minus fucking nine degree weather? Do you simple motherfuckers even do math? Because I don't think you do. What I think you do is you worry about your own stupid fucking shit and you're so concerned with clout chasing and dick riding me you don't actually fucking care about America because if you cared about America, you'd keep my name out of your fucking mouth and you'd do your fucking job while you still have one. And this is one of those things that I continue to look around. See, I expect Team DeSantis to attack me. I expect the liberal Democrats to write shit about me and my team. What I also expect is people who, who claim that they're MAGA to shut the fuck up about me and go do your fucking jobs. I am not going to help uh, you get famous. Your names will never be uttered on this fucking broadcast again. Do your fucking job. And if you fucking value that job, keep my name out of your fucking mouth or you won't have one. I don't know how to make this any more fucking clear to you. I have tried to be kind. I have tried to turn the other cheek and just stay focused. But we're not going to be staying uh, to. I'm not going to turn the cheek any longer. Next up, I make a phone call. And your fucking ass is done. And that goes for about four of these motherfuckers talking shit. I'm just letting you know. I don't know what you're fucking thinking. Do you fucking... I can tell you what I was doing Sunday night. I can tell you who I was breaking bread with and rolling with. And I'm fucking guessing it's probably pretty goddamn far up the food chain from where you fucking re uh, reside. So... People still making their fucking comments, talking shit about the Dilly Meme team. I love the openers, by the way. Shout out to Phantom Shadow, Hugh White, uh, for taking my speech regarding President Trump and sacrifice in turning it into art. I appreciate that. Also, shout out for uh, to Devil Dog. Mega Devil Dog, I love you, bro. That fucking mean. I can't believe you used that clip. I was like, where is he going with this? And once it started playing and he's fucking laying into the field with the memes, I was dying laughing, dude. I eh, appreciate you, Devil Dog. Love you, dude. All right, so we got a big-ass show. I'm going to have some fun today. It's not going to be fire and brimstone. I don't got the fucking energy for it. Just had to address that real quick. Get it out of my system. Um, we are going to get into this broadcast, and I'm going to have some fun today because we are winning. We are crushing the opposition. We've cost a bunch of evil motherfuckers a ton of money. We are smashing the shit out of them. I'm also going to give instructions on something you're not going to like. None of you are going to like this. I'm going to say something that you're going to be upset about. You're going to say, what do you mean? I'm going to explain it, and you're going to go, what, Dilly? And then I'm going to say, I don't care. Shut the fuck up. 
Now is not the time to question what I'm telling you. Now is the time to stay focused and fucking keep moving ahead. We will not, we will not get distracted. You got, you got your uh, six-minute rant from me. It's out of my system. Hopefully, it's out of yours. But I'm telling you right now, there's some things that are going to happen that you're going to be uncertain about. And, on, you know, I don't know how I feel. And just, I'll explain the rationale. We're going to stay in the pocket. I also want to take a very quick moment to give a special shout out to the Dilly 300 and specifically the phone banking fucking uh, fleet of uh, Dilly 300 Patriots led by their fearless leader, Wheels. You absolutely made a massive impact in the Iowa caucus. And that's not just me saying it. That's not just Team Trump gushing about it, which I'll tell that story. That is the numbers bearing it out. The Dilly 300 phone banking team led by wheels, impacted this race by anywhere from one to 2%, somewhere around one and a half percent roughly. Not hyperbole, people. They track this. When you do phone banking, it actually allows you to track whether you got someone to commit to caucus, whether you got somebody to flip from one candidate to another. It ha- you, you track all of it. Do you understand me? It tracks all of it. Based on the tracking data in the 40,000 plus phone calls that the Dilly 300 made, that's right, nearly 40,000 phone calls, the actual number of people who committed to caucus for Donald J. Trump from those phone calls was north of 1,500. 1,500 votes is the difference between President Trump being under 50% and being over 50%. And I got news for you. When he went over 50% and hit that 50.9%, not only did it set a record, but it sent a message. No one's ever done it before. And I am telling you right now, those of you who volunteered your time, your impact was felt, your impact was incredible. And I, I, honest to God, I, I, I salute you. Because you did that. Everybody else can take credit for the other 49%. But you get to take credit for one and a half to 2% of that vote. And it's because you laid down your fucking time. And your, your, you put your fucking energy into something that you weren't going to be compensated for. Many of you weren't even from Iowa. But you were phone banking to let Iowans know where their caucus location was. And helping them out. And all it took was 1,000 to 1,500 votes and it put President Donnie J. Trump over 49% into 50%. And once you're over 50% in the Iowa caucus, you are in untouchable ca- uh, category. I'm super proud of you guys, so well done. I got a big, big show for you guys today. We're going to have a ton of fun. But first, let's do a little bit of MAGA Commerce. Everybody loves Licorice Guy candy. Did you know you can be a Licorice Guy too? That's right. Licorice Guy is very excited to offer their wholesaler program. Who wouldn't want to sell candy that practically sells itself? 
freedom, flexibility, fun, family-friendly opportunity, work part-time earning great income, be part of a great and supportive community, infrastructure and branding in place and ready to go, fast, easy to get started, be your own boss, you get to pick your own shows and schedule, you decide when and where you want to work. Licorice Guy wants you to be as successful as possible, so this program comes with a lot of support and training. Licorice Guy physically sends someone to your first event to help train you. They will be there to answer questions from you, your team, and your customers. They'll help you set up and sell and show you all the tips and tricks that work. They will also promote your shows on their website and social media. Potential to make great money and experience financial freedom. Retail sales on one pallet of licorice is just under $10,000. The average licorice guy dealer sells 15 pallets a year and top sellers do over 50 pallets a year. The upfront investment for the licorice guy starter kit gets you the setup as you see here. It's everything you need to launch. It includes professional on-site training, marketing and support, your first pallet of licorice, which is 1,440 bags a value of $3,900. Custom tent, banners, signs, flags, table covers, sample trays, hand washing station, and more. All of this is covered in your initial investment of $9,500. Experience the joy of entrepreneurship and your path to financial freedom. Contact Licorice Guy today. That's right, licorishguy.com. For those of you looking for a way to earn some additional income or make it a primary business pursuit, contact LicorishGuy.com to find out how you too can become a Licorice Guy. LicorishGuy.com. You're going to love it. It's a great opportunity. Check them out today. Oh my God. AngelPaste.com. Dude, where would I be without my Angel Paste? I don't know. I think my face would be falling apart. I was in Iowa and let me tell you, it was negative. 17 degrees and then the wind kicked up and it was negative 40 fucking eight and my face fucking froze in seconds it almost fell off it was horrendous it was the worst fucking shit i've ever felt on my entire fucking skin ever and you know what thank god for angelpaste.com i was having so much trouble with my skin because it was dry as fuck and the wind was just absolutely drying us out it was brutal Never experienced anything like it. It was like going to fucking Antarctica. Angelpaste.com saved my ass. I'm not joking. Day, night, middle of the day, morning, fucking, it didn't matter. I was using this stuff nonstop. I actually need more. I'm, I'm running low now because I was having to use so much of it. It worked incredibly well, thank God. It's an all-natural, organic, American-made miracle cream, and it's homemade in Spring, Texas, by the brilliant patriot Barbara Doty. And it's formulated using a proprietary, Water-free blend of food-grade plant oils. It's very light. It absorbs fast. And it leaves skin soft and smooth. And there's no sticky uh, residue after you put it on, which is really great. And for a limited time only, Angel Paste is offering uh, this miraculous product in a tantalizing scent, vanilla. That's fun. Because right now, it's it's unscented. It's very straightforward. No, no smell. And Barbara's adding the soothing antioxidant organic vanilla essential oil for January only. And it won't be back until 2025 so if you're interested in some vanilla angel paste head on over to angelpaste.com load up on it right now use promo code dilly so they can track where you came from angelpaste.com all right i feel like we got off on the wrong foot maybe i shouldn't have vented out that i uh i'm getting a little annoyed 
with the crybabies. I think it's because people don't know how to win. And I get it. You're fucking losers. A bunch of you. You're a bunch of these people who are out here and they're fucking losers. And I don't say that lightly. I mean it. Quite literally, they don't know how to stop stepping on their own dicks. And I kind of pity them. Um, it just upsets me because you got a country you have to save. And attacking me isn't helping you save the country. It makes me laugh. Like when Team DeSantis does it, it's amazing because you're wasting money and energy attacking a guy who's not on the Trump campaign and not being paid by the campaign. Thus, I have baited you into spending money, time, and resources on an asset that is not actually uh, something that costs money, okay? And this is the part that I'm trying to get across. If you want a MAGA, you want to make America great again, you need to be focused entirely on taking out motherfuckers that are opposing that idea. And this is going to lead to the very unpopular opinion I'm about to share with you. There are going to be people coming out and endorsing Donald Trump right now that we don't like. Steve Deese, for example, or Steve uh, Cortez, rather. We don't like Steve Deese either, mostly because of his nude-colored fucking yoga pants he wore to a rally, and everybody could see his little tiny dick. That was weird. But I'm talking about Steve Cortez. Steve Cortez was a Trump guy. Steve Cortez worked for President Trump and actually did a really good job representing him out there in the public. That is until he took the dirty money from the DeSantis campaign and the DeSantis super PAC sold his soul and started bad-mouthing Donald J. Trump. Steve Cortez was wrong. He's completely wrong. And he went out and he said, I was fucking wrong. Now, let me explain something. Steve Cortez is never, ever, ever getting back on the Trump train in an official capacity. Ever. Ever. And it's not that we need Cortez endorsement. Do you understand? I'm going to explain something to you, and I'm going to tell you, as the fucking uh, general of this group we got going here, here's what we don't want to do, okay? Not allowing Cortez and other, uh, other milquetoast pussies back on the Trump train is fine. But we're going to keep our powder dry with attacking them, and you're probably wondering why. Why are we not going to attack these guys for right now? Can anybody guess why? And it's not, it's not because every single vote matters. I mean, it does, but that's not why. The reason we don't want to go too heavily and, and deploy too many assets dealing with these people who have walked away and left other campaigns and endorsed Trump after badmouthing him is this. It's not that Steve Cortez helps Trump. It's that Steve Cortez and anyone else who walks away from DeSantis hurts and embarrasses DeSantis. You see, if we body them every time they abandon DeSantis, other influencers won't do it. But when he has to look up and every five minutes there's another influencer or media personality or politician walking away from his campaign, it absolutely fucking it demolishes his power it crushes him so it's not that i don't want to keep these people the fuck out of our movement okay that's not what we're discussing it's that i want them to continue to fucking basically death by a million a thousand million fucking uh uh paper cuts okay that's what this is for desantis it's not that we should let him on the trump train no 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 fuck no but we we need to almost ignore the fact 
that they are abandoning DeSantis or we simply highlight the fact that they have abandoned DeSantis and they've seen the light. This is how I want us to go forward. Once the primary is over, once the primary is over, we may proceed in demolishing them. But between now and the primary wrapping up, I think we maybe hold our tongues a little bit or we simply ignore and we just, we go, oh, okay, that's nice. That's nice. Good decision. Because it's going to crush DeSantis faster than anything else. Nothing looks worse than having perceived people of influence walking away every single day from your campaign. He was already hemorrhaging, right? So that's my thoughts on it. I don't like Steve Cortez. Uh, I think he betrayed Trump. And more importantly, he betrayed all of MAGA. I don't like Vivek Ramaswamy for a million reasons. Again, you guys are so funny. People are like, Dilly, don't let Trump in. It's like, what the fuck? First of all, telling me, as if I would tell President Donald Trump what he can and can't do. The fucking balls on you people sometimes. I got so many DMs. Oh, and then how about this one? You guys, I don't trust Ramaswamy. Who the fuck told you to trust a politician? I don't know how many times I have to have this conversation with you guys. Every time you say, I don't trust him, it's like you think you have some really unique take, but you're just being annoying as fuck. Why would you trust him in the first place? I trust, he's a big pharma bro. You shouldn't trust him no matter what he does, ever, for the rest of his life. But I get these fucking peons that slide in my mentions. They're like, I don't trust Ramaswamy. No shit. What are you fucking born yesterday? No shit. No fucking shit. You, no one said trust Ramaswamy. Think of Ramaswamy as a Phillips screwdriver. That's it. Do you ever have this discussion when you're reaching in your toolbox? You're like, mm, I don't trust that Phillips screwdriver. Because if you don't, if you've never asked yourself whether or not you can trust the Phillips screwdriver, uh, then you shouldn't apply it to this situation. He's just a fucking guy. He's just a fucking guy that spent a little bit of money and got 8% in Iowa. That's it. It doesn't matter. He's never going to be in the Trump administration. He's never going to be consequential in our movement, ever. But he got 8%. And that 8% can either go with Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, or you can have Ramaswamy endorse Donald Trump and his people who support him can follow President Trump now. This isn't complicated. Furthermore, he will remove himself easily as a surrogate once we're past New Hampshire and some other states. What do I mean? Ramaswampy doesn't connect with Trump's audience. He just doesn't. The longer he talks, the more you realize he's sleazy as fuck. It doesn't mean that he doesn't say pretty things or have good ideas. He's just not a guy that's going to connect with a Trump audience. He is not MAGA. He will never be MAGA. So in my opinion, you let him come out. It's a genius move. You take his 8%. He bent the knee exactly the way he should. He showed respect. He completely, and he put his money where his mouth was. He hit the campaign trail and stumped for Donald Trump and America first. That's it. No one's asking you. No one's asking you to trust him. At no point did I tell you to trust him. I don't care about your opinions about him because we've already settled that science. 
He is an untrustworthy, backstabbing, deep state fucking plant. He's a big pharma bro with zero morality or ethics. Full stop, the end, done. But he wants to push forward President Trump's agenda and there are people in this world for some fucking reason that trust that guy. And it ain't you and it ain't me. It's the 8% he got in Iowa and you need those people and you're gonna need them in New Hampshire and you're gonna need them in South Carolina and you're gonna need them the rest of the way. Got it? But I got a lot of people that are really, this isn't a fucking soap opera. It's business. And winning in business means dealing with people you don't like. It kind of goes back to where I started this show at the beginning. I don't care if you like me. I don't care if you agree with me. But I'm fucking effective. And the Dilly Meme team are highly effective at helping Donald Trump. So if you actually care about Trump and you care about MAGA, shut the fuck up and don't worry about us. There are a million other people and things and ideas that you should be focused on that would make a more uh, positive impact in this race. But trying to like, plus no one's going to cancel me. Suck my dick. The New York Times couldn't fucking cancel us. and They wrote about us twice. Like, can you imagine you're like some fucking bitch ass nobody on social media? You think you're going to be the one to cancel me? You fucking idiots. Can you imagine? Can we just please appreciate that these lowly nothings that, watch the New York Times try to get rid of us only the then, to then watch us arrive in Iowa to a hero's fucking welcome and lay a, put our fucking stamp on that motherfucker. If they couldn't get rid of us, you fucking simple idiots sure as fuck aren't going to get rid of us. You've got to stay focused right now. I don't like these people. Stay focused. I will never say another word about it if you stay focused on voters. Stay focused on fucking voters. Stay focused on your state. Stay focused on your job. Don't worry about us. I was told I was canceled by Team DeSantis. That's weird. Now, this is a press pass issued by Donald J. Trump. I didn't even use this. This is a very highly sought after item. And I never used it. I just wanted one. And because I'm Brendan Dilly of the Dilly Meme team, they gave me one. And they said I could go stand with the press. And they even put tape on the ground next to fucking uh, my friends over at OAN. And they said, if you want to stand up there with OAN in the press box, you can. And there's tape on the ground. And it says Dilly. And I said, I don't want to stand with the press. I want to hang out with the regular people in the cool crowd. So that's what I did. But that's not even the special one. The special one is when you get one of these. See, this is what matters. This is the exclusive one. This is the one that nobody could get into the room. That is called Trump War Room Press Pass for, oh, that's you guys, the Dilly 300. See, this lanyard is different. This lanyard gives you access to RSBN, OAN, and uh, Real America's Voice. And you sit in that room and you hang out with all these wonderful people. And Don Jr. comes through and Eric Trump comes through and pretty much the entire team Trump comes through and you visit and you hang out and they say things like, we would love to have the Dilly Show in the war room. And then what happens is you sit there and incredible people like Sonny who worked for Team Trump and all her entire job is arranging interviews for Trump surrogates. And Sonny tells California, tell Brendan, I'm gonna bring guests soon. Let him know that we're going to start bringing him guests. Had I stayed on the air the whole time, we would have eventually ended up with Eric Trump and Don Jr. and some other people. 
I obviously didn't want to stay. It was, I, was, I was already on for four hours on, uh, on Monday, so I couldn't do it. But my whole point is we, uh, we basically got the, the most royal treatment I've ever received at a Trump uh, anything. And they were wonderful to us, and they were gracious. And um, and just like South Carolina, when we went to the football game, we went to Iowa to work. And we worked and worked and worked. We worked the night before. We trolled the shit out of Team Meatball. We trolled the shit out of uh, his campaign. And we got viral videos going all over the place. Really, really bad stuff for them. And it was effective. It was, it was very effective. But there are things that happen that you might not realize, and there's things that you don't understand really the impact you're making until you're around the team. And here's what I want to tell you, the Dilly 300. Because of your commitment to the show, uh, you have made the Dilly meme team legitimate rock stars, and... I've never, ever been received this way before. Um, when when they were finding out, like with Team Trump, I, I gave away a ton of apparel to all the incredible staffers on Team Trump. These young men and women worked their asses off day and night for our president. We hooked them up with t-shirts. We hooked them up with hoodies. Uh, they gave me a fucking standing ovation when I was walking back to the room, which was fucking weird uh, and cool. They were They were applauding. Mike and I were losing our minds. They were cheering for me and Mike as we walked up to them. Uh, they were thrilled. And then we were like, here's some shirts. Uh, they love us. But there were people that I met over the weekend that I've never met before. People that don't really go into the public. Highly powerful, pe- high, very powerful people within the organization that, um, man, when you get the respect of somebody that you're like, yo, this dude is like the literally like the kiss the ring guy. And they shake their hand like this. They go like this. I'm not going to even say who, who it was because it don't matter. They, they go like this. They go, oh, good to meet you. And they go, no, 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 no. And they're shaking your hand. This happened to me. They whisper in the ear of the gentleman. He goes, wait. What? His fucking eyes big. I pull up my jacket. The dilly hoodie is on. He squeezed my hand. Come here, fucking. Fah, gah. Fucking wouldn't let go of my hand. Wouldn't let go of my hand. Five minutes telling me you guys are the tip of the spear. You completely changed this election cycle. Fucking, we love you. We appreciate you. I can't believe you're here with me. And we stood for a solid 10 minutes chopping it up with these uh, powerful, powerful people. Wouldn't let go of my hand. Wouldn't let go of my hand. Wouldn't stop hugging uh, Miguel Fornier and myself and saying thank you. Wouldn't stop glowing, frankly. It was incredible. It was, I've never experienced anything like it. And the thing that I appreciate so much about President Trump's organization, it's comprised of really, really amazing people. And there is no ego that way. There is, they have no problem looking you in the eye and telling you what you've done uh, to impact the race or, what, or how much they appreciate you. They speak sincerely. A lot of I love yous. I love yous being thrown around now more in my life than I can remember. My friends say I love you. Uh, people I'm working with alongside say I love you. Campaign people say I love you. It, it's crazy, man. It's really something else. It's something else because you, you don't. It's crazy. 
say goodbye every time. Me and Carrie Lake say goodbye to one another with I love yous now. She did the same. She did it again. We hung out. Obviously, you guys saw on uh, on on Monday. And then, you know, Mike and I were visiting with uh, Carrie and her wonderful husband, Jeff, after. And, you know, she's like, hey, saying goodbye. Okay, we're, we're done visiting. I love you, Brendan. I love you, Mike. She actually won't call, she won't call him Mike. She calls him Miguel because she prefers Miguelifornia. A lot of I love yous, man. I love you. I say, I love you too, honey. Thank you. Anything you need. That's the way we treat each other. It's, it's legitimate uh, respect and, and appreciation. And that goes for our friend Matt Kim and his wonderful friend Mike, who we brought with us. Mike was amazing. He did all the production. He set up the lights for us, so we at least looked halfway decent on the show. But I got to know those guys really well, and I consider them very, very good friends. Matt and Mike, thank you guys. I love you guys. I appreciate you. You both were amazing. We rode back last night from Iowa. It was fucking colder than shit. We had some issues with frozen ice roads. Took about an hour and a half longer than it should have because of the dangers. We drove into a blizzard together in Iowa, and uh, we slayed a fucking dragon. We had a ton of fun, but these guys were amazing, and they get it. And they, they, neither of them had ever participated in anything like this. And I thought that they were, they were total assets. That's the thing that was incredible is when you bring good people into a setting where they're not prepared and you, you see what, how they're handling it. And they were brilliant. They added to every situation at no point did they take. This is how I know when I'm rolling with rock stars, even wheels and his girls and their team, incredible people. They added to every situation that they were in. Wheels showed up in Iowa already having made thousands of phone calls and made an impact in the Iowa race the night before. That's how you know you're rolling with winners, okay? That's how you know you're rolling with winners. And this is what we do because at no point is everybody trying to withdraw. We show up like, where can I make a difference right now? Where can I, op where can I work right now to make the biggest difference. And that's what we did. And that's what the team did. And I'm super proud of them. They, I'm super proud of how they performed. All right. All right. I guess I'm playing. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll be the moderator over on DLive. You're welcome. Uh, so let's talk about something that happened. And we're going to start it. Uh, with Dilly in the Wild, throwback edition. We're going to get into some news. I'm done kind of ranting right now. Um, then I got some real, I got some special stuff for you guys today. I got some memes that are going to blow your mind. Um, yeah, let's do our Dilly in the Wild, though, right now. Here we go. That's right. Now, first and foremost, this is the beginning of our trip. This is myself. That is Mike in the back who handled all the production. He was incredible, super valuable. And the one and only Matt Kim, who is a rock star, and I consider a great friend. I, I uh, We really enjoyed his company, both these guys. Miguel California, 
Uh, Beardo from Beard Vet Coffee made this all possible. I got to shout out Beard Vet Coffee. Jesus, dude. Beardo, Beardo took care of the rooms for me in California, and I think he took care of at least one night for Matt Kim. But Beardo, love you, brother. Seriously, amazing. That's Sean George of Beard Vet Coffee. Uh, you know, he was like, hey, you guys are coming out. I'm taking care of your, ho taking care of your hotel rooms. So we love him. But uh, myself, Miguelifornia, Matt, Mike, and Beardo, thick as thieves in Iowa. We were thick as thieves in Iowa. And we had an absolutely brilliant time. Now, one of the things that happened in Iowa that I'd like to, now that I've kind of thought about this, I've pondered it, was this. Look, we showed up at this event curious more than anything else. Once we saw the DeSantis uh, bus, we were like, yeah, we got to get a picture in front of this thing. What's weird about this moment, and we now have discussed it and we understand it, we showed up to simply observe, okay? Mike and I were like, let's just go have some cigars. And Matt and, uh, or, or rather, let me, let me just clear this up. Miguelifornia and I were going to have cigars. Mike and Matt were going to listen to the Santas. They wanted to hear them. We had their security team so completely shook, so rattled. And we were talking about this yesterday. Like, why were they so on edge? They actually thought that me and Miguelifornia were coordinating with Matt and Mike and Wheels and the, the, the beautiful fucking ladies he brought with him. The truth is, we didn't know Wheels and the girls had arrived at the event to listen. We had no clue. But they were so fucking shook. They were so shook that they were like, this must be some kind of a coordinated harassment thing, right? They didn't really think that we were, uh, it just was chance. And the truth is, it was. It was totally chance. So we actually held up their security. There was five of them at one point, right after this picture was taken, that surrounded us where we were at and were like standing between us and that bus. And then they scurried off because they realized, oh, we have infiltrators inside. But the thing is, none of us were going to disrupt them. And, uh, and it was incredible. And, you know, you do the one thing you can do when you, you have uh, this type of an effect you try to reward the people that impact that, you know, event. And that man is this man right here. That is Wheels. We went, we uh, met up with Wheels. This is when we actually found out. It was at this moment, you guys, we found out that Wheels got kicked out. We had not, no clue he was at the event. We had no clue that he took video of it. There was no coordination. But Wheels showed up and... Uh, He's like, you guys got to see the fucking video we took. I go, what do you mean? He goes, they kicked me out. He goes, it was really bad. And then he showed us and it was like, oh my God, wheels. What the fuck? Incredible moment. And uh, that was our crew. Mike is behind the camera taking this picture, by the way. But uh, that was our crew. Love these guys. And uh, we, had, we had a blast. Wheels, well done, brother, dude. Su I'm super proud of you, man. Keep, stay focused, my man. Stay focused. You're going you're gonna to completely absolutely transform your life if you stay focused just stay focused it's uh it's working this uh it was also fun is when you get to know team trump and you get to know all the incredible people associated with the campaign you also sometimes are fortunate enough to get to know the photographers and one of those photographers is uh the gentleman that took this picture he was incredible 
And, um, you know, what do you say, dude? I mean, now this is not your best looking Brendan. That's a, that is a very tired Dilly. I got to tell you, this is a very tired Dilly. This is towards, uh, I believe it was towards the end of the day. Uh, I had been going on about five hours of sleep in three days. Um, but you know what? You appreciate it. You remember this. This is like where you remember where you're at. And I was uh, in the war room with Team Trump working my ass off, uh, trying to make an impact on a race. I was making phone calls and and you just appreciate this. Um, we also had the, the blessing and the opportunity to meet a great Trump. That's right. Uh, Eric Trump came in and visited with us. And Mike and I were super excited to meet him. He is ginormous, by the way. He's got to be at least six, six foot seven. Super nice guy. Uh, really enjoyed his company. Uh, we, we did meet Don Jr. as well, but Don was in a hurry. We didn't get to take a picture. But we had some fun. Um, and just for, you know, doing the damn thing. Doing the damn thing. Who's sending me? You guys are sending me pictures. Is that what you said? I, I, I'll do my best, ladies. Oh, uh, what do we got here? Oh, thank you. Hey, I see Beardo sending me these pictures of us with uh, Eric Trump. I've got the one. Thank you, Beardo. Appreciate you, brother. Um, <clears throat> let me see what else I got here. Hold on. <laughs> oh, God. I got, uh, sorry, guys. I'm laughing because having a little fun behind the scenes here with team members. All right. Um, oh, look at this beautiful lady. Hold on. I got a great picture. Wait till you guys see this one. You're going to love this one. Hey, now, look at, we got a good picture. We got a good picture. Isn't that a good picture? Told you. This is Sax Girl, yes? I want to make sure I got it right. I believe that's Sax Girl. She looks so good. She was so happy. She was pimping her Dilly Meme Team hoodie. And uh, I was very excited for her because she did a great job. Uh, whoever said they sent me something on Telegram, I did not receive anything, so I don't know who you sent it to, but it wasn't me. Just so you know. Just so you know, it wasn't me. All right. <laughs> this, uh, this, <clears throat> excuse me, this wonderful woman was one of uh, the, the girls that was working her ass off. I know she was, she was trying to get it done. SSDD was also there. She was crushing it. She had been making phone calls. And Nicole was there. And she was crushing it and making phone calls. So I love you girls. Thank you so much for being there. It was so great to meet you. Oh, I got a cute picture of you girls. Hold on. Here you go. This is them and wheels. This is, uh, this is our other th uh, fucking trio of superstars. There you go. This is what happens when you work your ass off. You end up VIP at a Trump victory party with a who's who of MAGA. Very special. And you, you all earned it completely. You all earned it completely. And uh, it was an honor to meet you. Uh, wheels I've obviously met, but the girls... First time getting to hang out with you. Love you, girls. Appreciate you. And that brings us to one of my favorite couples who have supported this show really like no one else. Um, I think they probably have the largest collection of Dilly in the wild apparel. Uh, I don't even think it's close. I love everybody else, but I think they own more of my clothing than I own. And that is Karen and Spencer. Love you guys. Appreciate you. I know you drove a really long ways to be there with us. And you represented so well. And you were wonderful people. You were all class. And I appreciate the phone banking you guys did. And I appreciate really the support you've given this show. Through the years, you've been uh, 
I mean, seriously, just steadfast. Never misses shows. She's always emailing. They're always taking pictures. She's always, it's funny because you can tell Spencer just rolls. He just rolls. He's like, she's like, hey, I need you to put all of your dilly gear on at once. And I'm going to take a picture. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, these are great people. Just really great Americans, great people. And, uh, you know, these are our friends. So, uh, and then it was time for the uh, the victory party. And what do you do when you're at a victory party? You you cheese it up and stand in front of the, uh, I mean, we were literally up on the edge. I mean, it was, it was that kind of a party. Had a good time. Was probably one of the most surreal moments. And that moment was really, was special for this as well. I, I, th- I mean, come on. Come on. Dilly meme team in the house. California, William of Ockham representing the team. We've had, we've had such a blessed uh, 12 months and it's only going to get better in, in William of Ockham, dude, God bless you, bro. Uh, seeing the kind of inclement weather he's been, been dealing with uh, to attend all the Trump rallies. He's been in Iowa on the ground representing the Dilly 300 for months, almost six months. This guy has been like, every time there's a VIP opportunity, he's like, Hey, I'd like to be there. I want to support. And he's out there and he's taking pictures and he's taking, uh, you know, he's being kind of our, our fans and he's signing autographs and doing, taking pictures and doing neat things. And uh, it felt special to get to do this and, and have our team that have been together for all these years uh, hanging out. And yeah, we were the front row. Um, we had a couple of different congressmen approach wanting to take pictures. That was really neat. But then it was time for the man, the myth, the legend to hit the stage. And as you all saw on television, uh, he was in one hell of a mood. (laughs) DJT heading up on the stage looking like the absolute boss that he is. And, uh, no, we were excited, man. It was, it was front row. He did point us, uh, point at us once, uh, maybe, maybe twice. I don't know. It was pretty cool. Giving us the big thumbs up and the, the points and the smiles and all the fun stuff. And uh, it was pretty great. And once he hit that stage, we were, uh, we were obviously, this is another great photo from the photographer. And I appreciate this because, you know, this was actually sent to me from a senior member of the Trump team um, because it was such a good photo. And that's me and my, my very good friend, California, who's worked his ass off. And we both were trying not to get, uh, you know, emotional because we, re- we knew how hard the entire team worked to get to this moment. And it was fucking ungodly hours put in over the last year to make sure that Iowa was decisively won. And it's like I had told you guys before, none of us wanted to just win in Iowa. We wanted to crush the spirit of the enemies of MAGA. And we did. This picture was taken by the... uh, the, the, the Trump photographer, who's a friend of ours, he's a big fan of the meme team, and he was incredible. I don't want to say his name because I don't think it would be appropriate, but <clears throat> he's a great guy, and he loves the show. He loves the, um, he absolutely loves the memes. I mean, loves them. You guys got to understand, the memes to them are like, it's like your favorite songs. Like, they all have their own favorite meme. And yes, I also want to say thank you to Carlos Amora, my uh, my tailor down in, in West Palm, that jacket got me more attention than I can even begin to tell you. First thing out of Carrie Lake's mouth when she sat down was, you are the best dressed person here. Um, I had congressmen asking me where I buy my suits. I had 
influencers ask me where I buy my suits. I had campaign people asking me, where the fuck did you get the suit? And uh, that is a big shout out to my my uh, tailor who does custom suits. And this was my uh, custom jacket. I got to wear this one other time to Mar-a-Lago. And I was thrilled to get the busted out in Iowa. So... Eventually, though, you're hanging out. It's the morning after. You're exhausted. You got three hours of sleep. You're about to embark on a 15 and a half hour drive. You sit down for breakfast. And this was me yesterday morning. My friend in California took that picture. And I was back shit posting. Because that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. So. Good times, great people, uh, great fans. That was Iowa. And uh, and I'm still kind of a pinch me moment. I'm, I'll be straight up with you guys before we go to this break. At 7 o'clock, from 6 to 7 o'clock, Iowa time, I had anxiety. And I talked about it on the broadcast. I talked about it with other people. The last time that our president was on a ballot, they screwed him so completely. And this was the first time to exercise those demons. Iowa was the first chance to go, not only is he going to win, but you're going to see exactly how passionate we are this time around. Shout out to all of the Trump patriots that voted Donald Trump in Iowa. 34 minutes the fastest call in the history of the Iowa caucus. And it wasn't close. They were getting numbers that would blow your mind on entry. They were like, there's no way anybody else can win. 70, 80% of people walking in going, I'm voting Trump. I'm here to vote Trump. I'm here to vote Trump. I'm here to vote Trump. 98 out of 99 counties. Now, this was just the first state. New Hampshire is next. New Hampshire must be a resounding, resounding victory over Nikki Haley as well. You can leave absolutely no doubt about who the victor is in New Hampshire. And how do you do that from your home in Georgia, like me? How do you do it from your home in Indiana or Iowa or Illinois or California or Nevada? What you do is you reach out to shoppingwithwheels at gmail.com and Wheels is going to get you set up with Team Trump to phone bank. This is what happened when I approached Team Trump about our phone banking team. They were beside themselves. The Iowa director for Trump said, we are looking at your team's numbers because they track everything. And your team, we're trying to catch your team on phone calls. Let me repeat. The Iowa Trump senior person. And uh, there's two of them. It was telling me, we're trying to catch your team. Once we gave you guys the links, I don't know how you got 70 plus people phone banking in that short a period of time. But we, we are literally working our asses off trying to keep up with the Dilly 300. 
That's an exact quote. The exact quote was, we're trying to keep up with the Dilly 300. Now, my phone bankers, don't rest on your laurels. New Hampshire is not Iowa. It requires a different tact. It requires a different approach. And I need you to treat this like it's your fucking career right now. Refine your craft. Get better at this. If you do this and you work on this and you practice, 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 and you listen to wheels and you let him coach you, you let him guide you, you let him manage you. By the time we get through New Hampshire and we get past the primary, you're going to be unstoppable in the general election. Not all of you can hit the pavement. Not all of you can stand in front of a room and give speeches. Not all of you can fire up a webcam and do broadcast, and that's okay. Maybe your role in this fight is picking up a phone and dialing for votes. Maybe that's it. And you know what? I don't care. Maybe you call 50 people a day, every day, between now and November. It makes a huge difference. Whether you made 300 calls or 3,000 calls like Nicole did, it's going to make a massive difference, okay? I'm just telling you right now, this is a, don't worry about end results. Stay focused on the task at hand. Become an, a one-man army for Trump, okay? If you're looking for a place to go, you're looking for a place to fit in and contribute to Donald Trump's election in 2024, shoppingwithwheels at gmail.com, he will get you all set up. And no, you do not need to be in New Hampshire. You can be anywhere in the United States calling the uh, Patriots in New Hampshire and giving them guidance on why they should vote for President Trump. Do you understand? Got it. Good. All right. We got a, a lot more after this. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to do a little bit of MAGA commerce. And we're going to come back with one of the dankest memes I've seen in a very long time. I'm going to debut a meme that is one of the most difficult and I would say ballsy, courageous uh, attempts in meme history. And you'll understand why. It is not something that anyone else would attempt, uh, but the Dilly Meme team did. And we're going to present it. It's going to be debuted here on the show. It's a preview of what kind of content you can expect from us in 2024. It is featuring not a bot. It is featuring Leah memes. It is featuring Dilly 300 superstar Metal Mouth. It's going to blow your fucking mind. I've already watched it five times this morning. But first, let's take care of a little bit of MAGA Commerce. Oh my god, it's the pet lovers candle.com and they are back. And they've got something exciting going on that I need to tell you about. That's right. Bell and Mr. Tom, the Pet Odor Eliminator Candle, is a mother and son-owned company located in Athens, Georgia. They make the best pet odor eliminator candles on the market. Our proprietary formula was heavily researched and scientifically formulated with the world's top specialists and experts. Unlike our competitors, 
We do not use ineffective enzymes in heavy perfumes. Our candles are infused with specially formulated molecules that safely and effectively neutralize bad odors. They work. They literally eliminate the smell. It's absolutely stunning. Guess what? You can save with the candle bundles, which is uh, right here what you're looking at. You can buy two, three, or six-pack candle bundles, which will save you money, or you can build your own bundle. It doesn't matter. You can mix and match on your own, but you can save even more with the candle subscription. That's right. Make sure you never run out of your essential candles. Sign up and get your custom pack of six candles sent automatically every two months. Super simple. It's affordable. It's practical. It's convenient, and it gets you the best price. Plus, it's a huge 20% discount if you decide to do a subscription. Really, honestly, most the biggest complaint I get from people who utilize the PetLoversCandle.com is that they don't realize how quickly they're going to burn through their candles. And then they're like, oh my God, I got to order more. I forgot. And I get it, especially through the winter months when your, your pets are outside in the mud and the rain and the snow and they're stinky and they come inside. Listen, don't worry about that. The PetLoversCandle.com. Sign up for the subscription. Get yourself 20% off. And now it's hands off. Every two months, you're going to receive your new box of candles and you'll be set for the next two months after that. Brilliant idea. ThePetLoversCandle.com. Promo code DILLY15 for 15% off everything else. Check them out today. That's right, dude. Uh, I got to give a bunch of these out, and it's been—I <laughs> can't believe how excited uh, the audience in Iowa was. And I'm talking about uh, the, uh, the Team Trump members and a lot of the other people. My my wonderful friend Carrie Lake. We hooked her up with a couple of hoodies. Uh, you guys can still get the apparel. It's still available. It is still winter. It's still cold as shit. You're gonna be up in New Hampshire. You're gonna need a hoodie. You're gonna be in any of these other early states. You're gonna need warm gear to wear while you're waiting in line. There's tons of rallies coming up. I would be honored if you got our swag and wore it to the rallies. Uh, it's a great way to identify your most based MAGA supporters. Dillyshow.com is where you're gonna go to pick this up. And now, without any further ado, Randy's booty. The best is 
Holy shit. Look, uh, I don't know if you know this, but the Dilly Meme team is full of actual rock stars. And uh, not a bot. You absolutely crushed this with the direction and with the images. And y you crushed it. Shout out to Leah and Metal Mouth. I, I don't think, and listen, when you do a meme and you take a song as iconic as the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin, and you're like, we're going to do, we're going to redo the Immigrant Song, and we're going to call it the Illegal Immigrant Song, and we're going to sing it, we're going to change the lyrics, and we're going to add visuals you only you either do it completely perfect or you fuck it up and you get completely roasted. Shout out to Maga Devil Dog for his part in the video as well. I know Devil Dog was working his ass off. Devil Dog! Gotta say Devil Dog. I, I, I apologize, you guys. I'm trying to get it all. Devil Dog worked on that fucking thing and did a lot of the imagery as well. Love you, bro. I, I should have known that. Do you guys know? Actually, it's a fun fact. You know what's weird about you pointing out that Devil Dog was involved in that? All of you guys, I've watched your memes and I've studied your memes for so long. I recognize your signature style. And I was watching that meme and I was like, wow, he, uh, not a bot, used a lot of Devil Dog's um, style in this meme. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> ah, you guys all have a signature. I, I, I know when I'm looking at your artwork. I didn't realize there was two separate creators on it where it's MDD and then it goes into Nautabot doing visuals. That makes sense though. I was like, damn, I guess he inspired him. Not realizing it was actually Devil Dog that did it. Son of a bitch. Isn't that fucking good? Now, you guys all have your own signature style. That opener, I was like, God, this feels like, like Devil Dog, but I, maybe not. Yeah, it was. Dude, the, dude, can I just give it, dude. Leah, Metal Mouth. You guys, dude, shout out to Metal Mouth. Bro, that opener is fucking difficult. That, that is so difficult. But that is, that is a sign of things to come. By the way, I'm still having a hard time here. Oh, we love Metal Mouth. That dude's a fucking hoss. My tongue is swollen. You guys know that. My tongue and my mouth are swollen from talking. I keep biting my tongue because the motherfucker, it's like a whale's tongue right now. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, I'm having a hell of a time. Yeah. I don't I didn't even know that was a thing, but it is. My my tongue is fucking swollen. It's been swollen for like three days, and I keep biting the shit out of it. Yeah, I got my singer spray right here. It don't matter, dude. It's like I keep biting it. I'll play it again in a little while. I'll play it again in a little while. I was just so impressed and I was so proud of them for what they did on that that uh, meme. I know how hard you guys had to work on that. Yeah, no allergic reactions. It's been like this for a few days, dude. It happens. What happens is it my my throat and my tongue will swell from speaking too much and then I'll bite it the first time and then it's and then it swells and I keep biting it. Ah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. <clears throat> it's like the one thing I'm supposed to do is be able to talk, right? The ice water does help. I'll play that meme again for you guys in a little bit. I know how much you enjoyed it. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, hold on. There was something, oh, who wants a story? Do you guys want to really, you, 
Look, I'll tell you guys a really good story. I want to tell a story about what happened when we were leaving the victory party for President Trump. Do you guys want a really wild story? Like, I would say one of the most surreal, weird stories I've ever had happen in my life. And this one, I can actually use names, so I'll tell you who was involved. I think you guys will like this story. This is a this is a good one. Okay, so we're leaving the event. It's very late. It, uh, President Trump's victory speech is over. He has departed. Everyone is visiting. We've all like you've said our our you know we're all hanging out. We're high fiving. We're hugging. We're leaving. <clears throat> so Miguel Miguelifornia and I are walking out the front doors. And we look back and we're like, there's a man who's walking and he's got about, I'd say, eight to 12 freshman to sophomore college students walking with him. Young students, maybe high school, I don't know. I don't think so, though. And Mike and I realize it's Frank Luntz. Legendary pollster, right? And focus group guy, Frank Luntz. And Frank Luntz is on a field trip with the kids to show how the Iowa caucus works. Now, if you don't remember Frank Luntz, Frank Luntz is the man who saw the if I were the deep state meme and was so upset by it that he tweeted it out and called it the most effective and terrifying uh, political ad in his 40-year career. So Frank Luntz put this out back in August after uh, Lauren had posted it, and it went mega viral. I think he got 14 million plays on the video on his Twitter page. Frank then went on Piers Morgan and debated with Pastor Mark Burns over whether or not um, it was, uh, you know, what, what, what was the story behind it and how terrified it was. This, this story is going to have a plot twist, by the way. So I'd, hold, I'd keep your powder dry on this one, guys. So... Once we realize it's Frank Luntz, I pull up. I say, Mike, hold on. I go, I'm going to talk to him right now. Watch. I got an idea. I got an idea. So he's, him and his students are walking towards the door. So I hold the door open for him. I'm wearing a MAGA hat in like a big trench coat because it's cold. I've got a bunch of stuff in my hands. But I hold the door open so that Frank can walk out with his students. And as Frank walks out into the minus nine degree or no, at that point it was minus 12 degree weather. I say to him right to his face. He's right here. I open the door. He walks past me. He doesn't know who I am. I say, Frank, what happened? He goes, what? I go, why'd you delete the video of ours that you posted? It was your most popular tweet of the year. And he looks at me kind of like, what? And his students are listening to me. They hear me. They're like, what? And, And he goes, 
what? And I go, if I were the deep state, and I stick my hand out, I go, I'm Brendan Dilly of the Dilly Meme Team. My team created that video that you played, and you, and you, and I go, this is Miguel Forney of the Dilly Meme Team. He does a lot of the DeSantis memes and a lot of the hilarity of the music. And he he just was stunned. He he goes, he stops, and he says hold on, that was you? And I say, yeah, I mean, I didn't create it. My team did. I said, but yes, I'm, I'm Brendan Dilly. It's my name on the, on what we're doing. And this is what we do. And he stops and he says, he looks to his students. Okay. The kids are all like paying attention now. And Frank says to the kids, he goes, these, these gentlemen right here. And obviously we know Lauren Eve created that one with bad karma and, uh, and I believe it was the devil dog. Is that who else was working on that? I, I know you guys did a whole team that did that one, but he, he says, these gentlemen, the Dilly meme team created what I think was one of the most terrifying ads I've ever seen. It scared the shit out of me. It was so effective. I've never watched a political ad that made me feel something that way. Yeah. Okay. So it was devil dog, bad karma and Lauren Eve. And he says, I've never watched something that, that made me feel the way that that video made me feel. And they've done several of these. He said it was the most effective political ad I've ever seen in my whole career. Then he turns to me and Mike. And he says, would it be okay if my students, because I believe he's a professor at Georgetown. He turns to us and he says, would it be okay if my students asked you some questions? And we're like, of course. And the kids start asking us questions about the memes, about why we do what we do. And I explained, and this was something that I think it really caught Frank off guard because I think he, the perception of, of who we are has been destroyed recently by a lot of the mainstream media meeting me and a lot of these pollsters meeting myself and Mike. And I explained to Frank, I said, Frank, what we make are not political campaign ads. What you watched and the reason you felt that way is you watched art. And art, and I'm telling the kids this, art compels conversation. Great art is heavily debated. And the reason you were so moved by this and emotionally moved by this is that video represents our perception of the world. And we explained to him, we brought up the fact that we also did uh, the God Made Trump's video. Obviously, again, that was Lauren and, <clears throat> and Bad Karma and Mac Devil Dog. And we were explaining to him, it, you're debating whether or not the things we're saying are true in the video because you're assuming we're political operatives creating political ads. And I said, but that's why you're missing the whole point. We create art and that art is a depiction of what we regular Americans are, how we perceive President Trump, how we perceive American culture and American uh, you know, struggles. And I said, if you stop viewing them as political ads and you view them as art, you'll have a better time understanding where the country is at. And I could tell he was just like, he seemed super 
appreciative to have met us. Mike started to explain to them that, that what we were going to do next was uh, pivot to Americana. That, we're, that it wasn't going to be about attacking Joe Biden. It was going to be about reminding Americans of what our country once was. So Frank, at this point, is like, I, I just he had the coolest reaction. He was super friendly. And he says, can I have your card? I said, I don't have any cards, Frank. I go, you know what I do have for you, though? He says, what? And I hand him a Dilly 300 hoodie. And I go, what size do you wear? He goes, I'm a large. I go, here, I don't have a card, but that's me. And if you ever want to get a hold of me, I'm Warlord Dilly on Twitter. And I'd be happy to talk to you. At this exact moment, the story gets better. At this exact moment, <laughs> Carrie Lake walks up behind him. And she doesn't realize it's Frank Luntz. And she says, what are these, uh, what did she call us, political terrorists or something? She was teasing us. She said, what are you kids doing talking to these, these two political terrorists or something? And she's kind of laughing. And she looks and realizes it's Frank Luntz. And Frank's like, oh, it's Carrie Lake. She goes, oh, hi, Frank. And she says, uh, the Dilly Meme team are changing politics forever. Uh, you guys should pay attention to what they're saying. They've completely changed the, the game. And then as, as Carrie says this, Frank goes, yes, they're putting me out of business. <laughs> and, uh, and he was a good sport about it. So then I hand Carrie her, her goodies. I, I had a couple of shirts for her. I wanted her to have hoodies. She got her Randy Savage hoodie, and then she got a, a Dilly Meme Team hoodie. Or a Dilly, maybe it was a Dilly 300 hoodie. So I gave her both of those. And uh, you know, we said our goodbyes. And then Frank Luntz, uh, his students asked if they could have, a, have some apparel. One of them did. And, and Mike gave them a shirt. And then we took a picture with, uh, I believe we took a picture with Carrie, Frank, me, and Miguel Fornia. I don't know whose camera it was on. They asked if we could get a picture. So the four of us took a picture together. And, uh, and Frank Luntz then goes, and, and I could tell he's just like, what the hell? So I get back to my hotel room and I reply to his tweet. And I say, Frank, it was really great meeting you today. You were all class and totally uh, all class today. Appreciate you. Um, you know, best of luck. And he immediately he followed me and I followed him back on Twitter. But it was a uh, we we are slowly breaking the narrative on who we are as people and what this movement is really about. Um, <clears throat> I have one more story if you guys want. It's on Telegram. Do I have that picture? I didn't even know I had that picture. If I have that picture somewhere, I've not actually seen it, if I'm being honest. Oh, I got a bunch of pictures. Okay, I got more pictures I can show tomorrow, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Do I, I have that picture? Who the hell has that picture? Who posted it? Whose camera got that? <clears throat> Was it Mike? Was it Mike's camera? I didn't even know that picture got posted. I'm looking through here now. Oh, these are some great pictures. Well, I didn't know. I didn't realize Karen met Byron Donalds. That's cool. Or that you guys got some good pictures of Carrie Lake. Hold on. Oh, these are great pictures. I didn't see these ones. 
I'm trying to find this picture for you guys, but I don't see I don't see the one with us with Luntz. Whose camera was it with? I don't even know whose camera it was with. Um, I think you guys are mistaken. Byron Donalds was at your table wheels? I didn't know that either. Good for you, bro. Yeah, I don't see that picture in here. You guys are mistaken. Yeah, if it was in here, I think we would we would see it. I don't see it in here. Yeah, these none of these are the one that I'm talking about. This is these are good pictures though. We, William of Ockham got a great picture with Carrie Lake. Isn't that a good picture? Yeah, happy William of Ockham with Carrie Lake. Got uh, oh, look at Karen got a picture with William and Carrie Lake also. That's not focusing. All right. Well, if I come across the picture, I'll show it to you guys. These are cute, you guys. These are good pictures. You should be happy. Okay, so we don't know who's... So did Luntz take the picture? I wonder if Frank Luntz took the picture. We took a picture. I don't know if Luntz took it or if, if, if one of the students took it. Someone took the picture. I'm looking here. I don't see. I think I think Frank took the picture. Was that his camera with the kids? So that was just for his own. Uh, well, there you go. That was just for his own use. That's that actually makes it even cooler. Anyway, dude, he was all class. He was actually super friendly, and he was, um, it was neat. All right, I got one more story. You guys want one more story? I think I already told this one. Did I already tell, I already told you guys we met Dana Bash. We met Dana Bash from CNN, and we took a picture with her, and uh, she text messaged a very, very senior person of the Trump campaign, and this, this gentleman told me, he goes, I've known her 25 years. And uh, he said, she's never been, he goes, she was blown away at how you guys treat her. I think a lot of these people are lost. I don't even know if they're evil. The media loves the Dilly Meme team, by the way. I want to say this as clear as I can to you guys. The media absolutely loves the Dilly Meme team. Whether it's the woman I met from Politico or the woman I met from CBS or the women from CNN or the guy from Fox, they love the memes. And, and I think these people, I think they work in a really bad uh, environment with really bad senior staff. And I don't think that they get very much kindness. They, they don't get very much kindness. Dana Bash literally looked like somebody like Mike told her she was a superstar. He goes, we might not agree politically, but you're a superstar on what you do. 
And she's like, she literally looked him in the eye and goes, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. And she wasn't being facetious. And the only reason we know it's true is that when we were hanging out at 1 a.m. with senior staff, he was like, dude, I got a text from Dana Bash with a picture of you guys. And she couldn't believe how kind you were to her. You had to you totally made her night or made her day rather. It's just crazy. Uh, I, I think that one of the most effective methods at changing somebody's mind about a particular circumstance is that when they arrive ready for a fight and you, you're ready for a conversation. I think Frank Luntz probably thought initially that I was going to troll him and be mean. But instead, I, I, Mike, you know, Miguel California and I did our best to try and represent the Dilly Meme team and also educate the kids about what it is that we're doing and why, why we think it's important to artistically express yourself about what you're experiencing and seeing in America. It's been an incredible, incredible four or five days. And that was, I, I've always known that the president's team appreciated the Dilly Meme team and the Dilly 300. I didn't realize how much the mainstream media appreciates what we do. And you know what? You know what the number one thing is? They said, I got to tell you, this is to all my memers out there. And I want you to hear this from me. The number one thing they said that they were so thankful for. They said, and these are people that are not on our side of the aisle. Okay. These are people that will go on television and say a bunch of crazy things that you don't like. And they're looking me in the eye and they're looking Mike in the eye. And here's what they said. Thank you guys for making so much good content that's so funny. They're like, the, one of the only places that we get to laugh is watching your content. Dude, I don't care who you are. Laughing is important. And if you work in a world that's as stressful and negative and, and downtrodden as journalism, and part of your job is to keep an eye on Trump's online war machine, and, and you're like, I don't even mind doing that job because it allows me to laugh. They literally were, th I, we had three different people thank us for this. They're like, and these were all CBS, CNN. I mean, they're like, thank you for making content that's really fun and, and funny. And, and it's interesting because they were saying to me, our editors don't understand what you're doing. But a lot of us on the journalistic, on the ground, we're like, it's just a meme. It's funny. It's not literal. It's meant to be fun. We're having fun with a situation. Because it's a, the humor is the only thing that's going to help you de-radicalize people. Is the ability to laugh at yourself and then to laugh with them, at them, about their bullshit. And it works. I couldn't believe the way that I was treated by the mainstream media. I couldn't believe the way the pictures they wanted to take, the uh, conversations they were willing to have. I couldn't believe how much of our content that they were aware of. That was another thing that I thought was pretty interesting. The mainstream media was referencing content, the ones they liked the most, the ones they thought were really funny or really emotional. Dana Bash would probably want to kill me if I told you. She thought God made Trump was 
fine. She didn't think there was anything wrong with it. She goes, I don't know what the big deal is. I thought it was done. I thought you guys did a really good job with it. I, Jim Acosta said it was evil and radicalizing people. She goes, I thought it was fine. So there you go. I don't know. I'm not sure why or what, you know. Also, shout out to Dana Perino, who's a big fan of this show. Not this show, but the Dilly Meme team. She probably has never watched this show. But she uh, had this to say. She was so close. She wanted to say the names of the team, but she wasn't quite ready to say it because she's a little bit, little tiny bit scared. But she's a sweet lady, and she absolutely loves the Dilly Meme team. She follows half the team, at least. She had this to say on Fox. Many different factors. As to the Jen Psaki interview with the Biden campaign staffers who think that their uh, online social media presence is going to beat President Trump's when he gets going, have you seen the meme game that President Trump's campaign has had against Ron DeSantis? It has been vicious and it's been funny. I don't know if the Biden campaign is prepared for that kind of energy to turn onto them. I don't think they, they'll, at this point, could even possibly match it. All right. Another fun fact. We were standing at the, I got stories for days. So another fun story for you guys. I was, uh, I'm standing with William of Ockham in California at the celebration. And uh, we're excited. And we're approached uh, by a friend of mine who's a chief of staff for Congressman Mike Collins of Georgia. And he's been trying to get me and Mike together for months to meet, just to get a feel for each other. I liked him, by the way. Guys, the guy has good energy. I can't speak on anything else, but I will just tell you, Congressman Collins had a really good vibe to him. So that's what I want to say. I, I, you guys know how I feel about Congress, but I will tell you. So Congressman Mike Collins approaches us with his uh, chief of staff. And he's super excited. And, and, and his chief of staff introduces him and says, hey, these are three of the members of the Dilly meme team. This is Brendan Dilly himself. And Congressman Collins is like all smiles ear to ear. He gives us, you know, shakes in our hands. They say, hey, can we take a picture with the, I, I want to take a picture with the Dilly Meme team. I wonder if he, I don't know if he posted that yet. I hope he does. Uh, so he takes a picture with us. And the chief of staff and, and Congressman Collins say to us, on the ride over here, we were in the car. And we were listening to Fox Radio. And they spoke at length about the fact that Rob DeSantis was destroyed by Trump's online army of memers and that where DeSantis got demolished was that he didn't have a meme team this was on Fox radio they were riding over he goes we just listened to him they were talking about you guys he goes they wouldn't say the Dilly meme team they called you Trump's online war machine that makes memes. And then we've got that clip of Dana Perino talking about the effect of basically of the memes. This is an actual viable uh, aspect of uh, campaigning now. It's real. It's a, it's a political strategy now. And, uh, 
And we have this congressman telling us, he's like, hey, you guys crushed it. You did an amazing job. And I thought that was a really cool thing. Now, the fallout <clears throat> of some of this has been dramatic. I mean, obviously, you know, I could show you the results and the outcomes and all the neat things, and I will, but I'd rather do some of it with memes since this is uh, the Dilly Show after all. <laughs> Hold on, I'm coming. 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 Hold on, I'm So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> now you're probably wondering. Because <laughs> they're such dicks. <laughs> We're not done. I have more uh, post-Iowa uh, reactions. And, and, if, and if these Trump people think that they're going to win with Trump, who, uh, who has the yep. useless people ever working for him, like, the Dilly team is not going to save you. Need tweets? Not going to save you. Memes? Not going to save you. And thank it's not you, gonna, thank you for... And you know what? Hold on. And it's not going to make me go out and vote for that candidate. If you think nope. for a minute that I'm going to vote for a candidate that supports people who dox moms, who who push who pushes out like these like uh, memes having Casey DeSantis being gang banged, you've got another thing yeah. coming. I will watch Please, you yep. burn to the I'm fucking ground. Yeah. I will watch you burn to the ground before I vote for anyone. <laughs> yep. And, and that one MAGA person is going to be voted for. Oh, oh, I'm married, sweetie. Ever endorses Trump? Who is endorsed by Trump? Never, never again. Same, and I just and I want to be clear. We are not the same people. We are not the same people. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. Before you guys make fun of her, stop, stop it, stop. I would like to be totally fair about that conversation that lady was just having. No, no, don't say mean things. Stop it right now. You stop it right now. Listen to me. That is the first honest dissent I've heard in a really long time. Let me explain. That woman is the first one I've heard tell the truth. We never made a gang rape meme ever. That's disgusting, immoral, and wrong. She's the first one to acknowledge that we made gang bang memes which are totally consensual and i appreciate that because that's that was bullshit i would never condone my team making shit like that but you know what a nice what it's a group of us consenting adults having a nice time in front of a camera and it was a fucking meme and it was just a photo too by the way it wasn't even like a video it was just a picture it actually technically wasn't even a gang bang meme it wasn't even no one even had their clothes off it was just inferred it was like it was one of the most utilized memes in the history of the internet. It's just a single, in this case, one woman sitting on a couch, in this case, Casey DeSantis, 
surrounded by several gentlemen who were fully clothed and they had a certain kind of look in their eyes as they looked at her. But there was absolutely no nudity. There was no pornography. It was just something like, hey, there's five of us, there's one of you, and we all seem like we want to have a good time. It was inferred. But you know what? That crying fucking disimp is the first woman that didn't mischaracterize that meme and try to suggest we're a bunch of hooligans. Thank you for that, ma'am. It's the only thing that you said that actually fucking mattered. If you think that the... Why are people that just lost the Iowa caucus by 30 telling the winners how to campaign? Can someone explain this to me? Like, if we knock you the fuck out in the first 10 seconds of the first round, why are you giving me boxing tips? If you get knocked the fuck out of the Iowa caucus in 34 motherfucking minutes, why are you telling me how to do a campaign and do messaging? You were asleep for the rest of the first round. I didn't even finish taking a piss and you were out of the race. Listen to me. Here's what happened. Seven o'clock hit. I looked at my watch, which I wasn't wearing a watch. I looked at my phone. I looked at my phone and I said, it's seven o'clock. And, I, and then I, I looked and I, ta- I was saying to Daniel Baldwin at OAN, he said, he said, Iowa caucus starting right now. I go, no shit, okay. Then I turned to Beardo and I start talking to Beardo and me and Sean are talking. And then, and then Miguel California walked over and I'm talking to Miguel California. Now it was approximately 7.15 and Iowa caucus is getting going. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be so scary. What's gonna happen? Then I said, I'll leave my phone again. And I'm like, I need to take a piss. So I walked and I took a piss, but the, the bathroom was kind of far. So I went and I took a piss and I was kind of meandering around and I came back and it was 7.33 and I walk up and I start talking to Beardo again. And as I'm standing there talking to Beardo and I'm talking to California and I'm talking to Matt, Daniel Baldwin walks up and he says, it's over. And I said, what did you just say to me, Daniel? And he says, it's over. And I look at my phone and it was 7.34 and I say, Daniel, I don't understand what you mean. He goes, They called the race for Trump. Listen, this was the, this is about the closest to a Mike Tyson fight you ever were going to see. I had my popcorn, had my drink, my fucking beer. Uh, I'm getting to my seat. And I'm like, why is everybody cheering? What's happening? They're like, oh, fight's over. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? I just got my, I just got my snacks and my beers and my drinks and the fight's over. What do you mean it's over? How could it be over? It's over. Uh, well, but I got all this shit. I just spent $47 at the concession stand. And they're like, it's over. Go home. Get to your car. And I'm like, fuck. What the fuck? Dude, it was the it was pay-per-view. It was Tyson 1989. I was like, da-da-da-da-da, sitting down on my couch. I'm fucking six years old. Seven years old. 89, yeah, seven years old. I'm at my buddy's house. We're sitting down. Mike Tyson's fighting on HBO. We got our snacks. We sit down on the couch. And they're like, my God, is he ever going to stand back up? We're like, what happened? Did they do the national anthem? They, the fight's over? Are they going to show it? Are they going to show it? I don't understand. It's over? Well, how can you, how can, how is it over? We spent $59.95. I, I got some snacks. I took a quick shit. And, and it's over? And then all you cared about, and I'm, I'm not even joking, the only thing I gave a shit about was like, are we going to get to see the replay? 
Are they going to show us how it ended so fast? At 7.34, they called the first round knockout of Team DeSimp, Haley, and Ramaswamma Ding Dong. And all I wanted to see was, how did it happen? Was it like a roundhouse kick? Was it a roundhouse? What, what did he do? What did he do? 30, 34 minutes, your absolute dog shit campaign got KO'd. And you waited 24 hours to be like, this won't help you later. Look, I'm not trying to fucking uh, gas up the Dilly meme team more than I need to, but bruh, Donald Trump has run in the Iowa caucus before, 2016 and 2020. Donald Trump has performed well in the Iowa caucus before. The Dilly meme team has never spent a year memeing 24-7 leading up to the Iowa caucus. So when I ask you, what exactly changed in this race that made President Trump win by triple the old, the previous margin? Largest margin ever was 12. And he just won by 30 and was the first person to ever break 50% in the Iowa caucus. And we all look and we're like, what are the outliers here? Like, what was different? How the fuck are you going to tell us that memes aren't going to work? The left is shitting itself over the Dilly Meme team. The left is shitting itself. Who wouldn't be scared shitless of talent capable of messaging about the illegal immigration in America like this? Who wouldn't be scared of this?
There you go. Let's go. Crushing that shit. That was amazing. All right, listen to me. Rumblers, I'm super proud of you. You're killing it over there. We got 3,300 live and only about 500 uh, thumbs up. And I really, really want to start consistently competing on Rumble. And I can't do that if you guys don't hit the thumbs up. So if you like the show uh, and you want more people to see it and be part of our community, it would mean a lot to me if you guys hit the thumbs up, please. I can't believe that we're now getting over 3,000 people on Rumble regularly. Uh, and we, we've got 600 now likes, but just it takes a second and it makes a really big difference. Um, the other day, you guys managed to get us to uh, the front page on Rumble and we, we were able to communicate and visit with a whole bunch of new viewers I had never seen before. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you. All right. There it is. Mike, thank you for finding this. Shout out to Congressman Mike Collins. Ran into some stone-cold killers. That's right. That was uh, Congressman Mike Collins with yours truly, California, and William of Ockham. And uh, this was pretty damn cool. So there you go. That's the picture I was trying to... I, I, I didn't realize he posted it. I feel bad that I didn't see it. But uh, I just retweeted it. And uh, he was a good dude. I liked him. <laughs> he was a good guy. I was like, all right, cool. I like his vibe. I'm, big, I'm a big vibe guy. Like, I can pretty much vet you right from your energy. Like, right when I get your end, I'm like, eh, and good guy. I liked him. He was like, man, where'd you get that suit? <laughs> Collins is a suit guy. He's a suit guy. Just reminded myself of something. That's not it. Hold on. I got to send something. If I forget, I won't do it. Oh, it's fucking UPS here. I think the UPS truck's here. Hold on. I think it's the UPS truck. UPS truck is outside. I don't know what he's doing. Now, you guys are probably wondering how Team Meatball is handling this loss. And the answer is not very well. They're not handling the loss very well. It's not going well. They're, uh, they're upset. They're angry. They're embarrassed. So you think I'm a loser? Just because I have a stinking job that I hate? A family that doesn't respect me? A whole city that curses the day I was born? Well, that may mean loser to you, but let me tell you something. Every morning when I wake up, I know it's not going to get any better until I go back to sleep again. So I get up, have my watered-down tang and still-frozen Pop-Tart, get in my car with no upholstery, no gas, and six more payments to fight traffic just for the privilege of putting cheap shoes on the cloven hooves of people like you. I'll never play football like I thought I would. I'll never know the touch of a beautiful woman. And I'll never again know the joy of driving without a bag on my head. But I'm not a loser. Because despite it all, me and every other guy who will never be what he wanted to be are still out there being what we don't want to be 40 hours a week for life. And the fact that I haven't put a gun in my mouth, you pudding of a woman, <laughs> makes me a winner.
Magical Trevor, you're an animal. That was borderline mean. Hey, girls, do you need something? Because you're loud as fuck. I mean, like, it's not like I'm doing a show or anything. The fuck? It's like, hey, let's just have a full conversation. Fuck them. Just do it. Sorry. Are you serious? You you come breaking into the door, and I'm just like, oh, I can hear your whole conversation. Sorry, that was my fault. You didn't even attempt to whisper. We were walking up the stairs. Yeah, you, why don't you sit down? I could put the camera on you. Oh. Here, Sophia's saying hi, everybody. Yeah, it's right there. Oh, right there. Okay. Sophia, my, my beautiful daughter, she's in your uh your your apparel commercial. She was hanging out with my wife. What are you guys doing? Uh, we took the Porsche out. Oh, smart. Yeah. It started up no problem. Thank you, Sophia. I love yeah. you, honey. The the air was low in the tires because it was cold, but I fixed it. Okay, you added some air. Uh huh. Okay. All right, I love you. Love Let me get you. back into the show. Still working. Hey, you guys are getting the uh, kiddos. Yes. Okay, good. All right. All right, go get back to work, Brendan. Yes. <clears throat> I, I could sure use some sandwiches when I finish. Oh, yeah? Yes. That's a really nice way to ask. Love you. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Sophia wanted to come say hi to you guys. She's all excited. She's all excited. They took the Porsche out, so that was a good. They, it's cold. She hasn't been able to drive it. It's a sunny day. They had their jackets on, and they went driving. Driving. That's nice. Okay. What else do we got here? I got more content for you guys. Let's talk about it. So, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Joe Scarborough, a guy who works for Morning Joe, um, his intern uh, died in his office uh, totally uh, mysteriously. And uh, her, her, her name was Lori Klaus... Uh, what, Klaus... Uh, what was her name? I don't want to fuck up this poor name, her, her poor, this poor woman. She was pregnant... And, uh, and she, uh, and she died in, uh, Joe Scarborough's office when he was a congressman. And then he, for some reason, didn't seek reelection. Yeah, she died. So Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe was a congressman in Florida. He had a pregnant staffer that he was alleged to have had an affair with. And... They found her dead in the uh, in his office with uh, blunt force trauma to the head. You understand? Blunt force trauma to the head, and she died in there. And they said that he wasn't around; that he wasn't there the day she died. Her name was Lori Klaus. How do you say her name? Do you guys remember? I don't want to mess up this poor woman's name. God rest her soul. Because her family is probably super upset still. So Scarborough, again, was a sitting congressman in his first term who was more than likely going to easily get reelected. And then they find a dead pregnant intern in his office. And, uh, and so I say all that to tell you this. Um, the Lincoln Project made a response to our God Made Trump video. And uh, Morning Joe played it and did, a, did a, uh, a tweet about it that said, what makes ads against Donald Trump so powerful is using the weight of Donald Trump's own arrogance, own conceit, and own flamboyance against him. Now, the problem is God Made Trump 
went mega viral organically and the kid touching fucking retards from the Lincoln Project uh, made a shit political ad that was played by a murderous fucking idiot named Joe Scarborough on Morning Joe and no one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. Do I really have to tell them again? Twice? Really twice? We left. You're yelling. I can hear your whole conversation. No, you can't. Did you guys forget? Like, daddy's gone for a couple of days, and now it's like, I can hear every word you're saying. It's completely distracting. I'm trying to do my job. You know what? Buy a studio that's separate from the house. Randy, what did you mean to say? Because I know you didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say was, I'm making you a sandwich right now. All I'm asking is if you could just whisper, hun. Like normal. Instead of fucking yelling and giggling like hyenas. You know what? You've been gone for a couple days. We the, have our own routine now. Lori Klausitis. Thank you. Thank you, Double Dog. I want to say her name right. Klausitis. Okay, thank you. I love you. But seriously, it's distract. I can't do my job. It's. I'm like, I can hear you. I, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun, though. I will say that. <laughs> but I can't fucking focus. And I'm talking about Joe Scarborough murdering a, a young woman. And I can't do it. Wow, that's way darker than the conversation we're having. Yeah, so... So please, just don't yell, okay? <laughs> or giggle too loudly. Could you be nice? I'm being nice, but I, it's the second time I've had to stop my show because I can hear you talking, and it's mostly the uh, the young, the teenager, but still, it's loud. Hey. Shh, thank you. Love you. She doesn't like that. She doesn't like it when I'm like, please, babe, please don't do this. And she's like, be nice. Be nicer. Be nicer. Yeah, you guys can't hear, but I, like, okay, I have shitty hearing. So, like, if my good ear is picking up sounds, it, it, it like, uh, it, it drowns out the bad ear. And then I can't hear anything. Like, babe, stop, please. For the love of God. Trev says he has to filter out the giggling in the podcast. True story. True story. It's okay. I work from home. This is what, I mean, it's part, of, it's part of it. That's why we have the button. You just push this button. Right here. So anyway, the Lincoln Project, run by a bunch of kid-diddling fucktards, uh, was ran a... Re- I guess they tried to... What's weird is, why would you do a response to us? Um, we're a bunch of memers that make art. So why would you make a response to us? Like, they responded as if the Trump campaign made a video, but they didn't make a video. It doesn't make any sense. Ooh, Devil Dog sent me something? What'd you send me, Devil Dog? I love when Devil Dog sends me stuff. What'd you send me? Ooh, Devil Dog sent a goodie, you guys. Hold on. I'm going to see what it is. You guys want a goodie? Randy is now typing in all caps in the chat. Randy, don't do that. We've cleared out everybody who who does all caps chat. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's hard because if you have fucked up hearing like I do, like I only have one good ear and the other one's kind of bad. Anytime there's ambient noise that's like periphery to me, I I literally can't hear out of the other ear. It's really fucking confusing. Randy knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
Do not. We are not re- bringing back all caps chat. Thank you. Oh, that's great. All right. Hold on, Devil Dog. I'm trying to get this. The Telegram's downloading slow, but I got it. I got another meme. Do you guys want to see another meme that was pretty funny? Well, this is this is good. Hold on. Um, first, before we get into that, uh, there was a story by the New York Times, who we all know loves to do stories about either the Dilly Meme team or Team Meatball. Usually for the same reason, because we're the ones slaying them. But this is funny. Uh-oh, DeSantis Super PAC begins layoffs even as he projects confidence. The number of layoffs at the Super PAC never backed down was unclear on Wednesday morning, but an official said that those being laid off were being paid through the end of January. Aw, class, class, class. Class, class, class. There you go. Oh, you know what? Hold on, guys. I got to do this correctly. That's a dick move. I'm not showing any kind of humility. Hold on. There we go. <clears throat> Please forgive me. Allow me to redo this. I didn't. That's not how I meant to do that. DeSantis Super PAC begins layoffs, even as he projects confidence. The number of layoffs at the Super PAC never backed down was unclear on Wednesday morning. But an official said that those being laid off were being paid through the end of January. Oh, don't do that. Come on. That's not right. Don't do that. Come on. Don't. That's not. I didn't mean to do this. Stop. No one listen right now. I didn't need to fucking do this. Hold on. Hold on. I pressed a button. I'm not trying to be classless or mean I just pressed the wrong fucking button please hold on I'm, I'm having some technical issues right now you guys don't just Trevor Trevor please remove the laughing on the podcast this was not meant to happen I pressed a button with my elbow and now I'm. It's, it looks like I'm laughing at the fact that these people are unemployed and that's not that's not I wouldn't do that. I would never laugh at the misfortune of the simp. That's fucking classless. Trevor, please, make sure you take this out. Trevor, start it at the part where I started laughing. Okay? Yes, use your filters for this, Trev. Just take it. Take this part out, because it makes me look like an asshole. Okay? It makes me look like an asshole, and I'm not an asshole. This was unintentional. Okay, I think I've got it. Trevor, Trevor, I've got it figured out now. Producer Trevor, you can take this part out. Let's just replace it with this. Okay. Fuck, dude, it's still going. I'm almost, oh my. Yeah, make it so it doesn't sound like we're laughing at them, okay? Because the whole audience is laughing now, and it's it'll seem like they'll say shit like, Brendan Dilly, MAGA life coach is laughing at a misfortune of DeSimps who don't have a fucking job anymore. I don't want that to be the headline. That would look bad. It would make me look like a jerk. I just started getting people like me again. Okay? All right, here we go. Oh, see, this isn't so bad. Oh, fuck. Hi, this is Ron DeSantis calling. I was calling to encourage you to come out and vote on election day. This election is critical for the direction of our country, and I urge you to come out and support freedom, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. You can vote by absentee ballot, and if you need help getting an application for an absentee ballot, the Republican Party of Florida can help you with that, or you can vote in person. I just wanted to encourage you to come out and vote. Thank you, and God bless you. Okay, that wasn't any better. I thought this was a party! Let's stand! Trevor, 
This one is the one I meant to play, you guys. That Don't judge that either. Trevor sent me that and didn't tell me it was mean. Here's a better one. Devil Dog made this, and this, this look. Okay, listen to me. I was having a little fun, and then I may have pushed a button, and it got embarrassing. And now it looks like I'm laughing at people who are not going to have jobs after the first of the month. And that's not funny. It's not funny losing your job unless you're a DeSantard. And then well, it's pretty fucking funny. But I didn't mean to play the... Anyway, here. This one's better. Devil Dog said this was more like a, a tribute kind of thing. It's a better... It's like... It's like it's, it's just more classy. What the fuck? Dude, that's not better. That's not better. Bye-bye. This makes us look like bigger assholes. That that made us look meaner. You guys, that didn't... De Devil Dog, you fucking... You roped me in. That didn't make me look nice. That made me look way meaner. That's way meaner. That wasn't even kind of... We don't look nice now that we it looks like we're laughing at the fact that they completely failed and it makes us look like we're laughing about the fact that they're they're they lost an election badly. Look. That was we don't I don't condone this kind of fuckery, all right? I am trying to run a professional show around here where we be nice to people and we say the nice things and we do the things that are nice to people. Like, for example, like, okay, here's a good one. This one is a really nice one. It's about New Hampshire, and it's a great video about Nikki Haley, and it was made by my friend C3P Memes. And it, this is more what the Dilly Meme team's about. Are you involved in a racist party? No. We're, we're not a racist country, Brian. We've never been a racist country. Our goal is to make sure that today is better than yesterday. Are we perfect? No. But our goal is to always make sure we try and be more perfect every day that we can. I know. I faced racism when I was growing up. That was confusing. The fuck did I just watch? Well, Nikki Haley sounds crazy familiar. You guys see that? That was weird. That's Nimrata Haley. I don't like that she doesn't use a real name. If you're a proud person and you're proud of your heritage, why do you change your name? All right, anyway. We're not doing any cl uh, classless shit. I, I don't know. That was, that was seemed a little rude. What is this? All right, come on. Let's get back on track here. I got to do a show, you guys. We're like dicking around. All right. Phantom says I have to pay this. He, play this. He said it'll make it right. Phantom, this one's a good one though, right? Like this one will make me look like... I'm trying to change my image. I'm trying to look like a sweetie pie. Like 
Oh, the, the Dilly Meme Team are just some sweetie pies that make some things that are funny and occasionally a little crass. Mostly, they're just big sweetie pies. All right. I've been assured by my friend that this is going to make me look like a sweetie pie and an extremely empathetic American that wants to unify, unify the country. so sweet until the very end all right he even added a baby to make it more like sweet the sweetie pie i know i know i know i know enough with the meatball it's not right quit dunking on him but you have to remember he betrayed donald trump he was a total motherfucker. Uh, I'm really, you know, most of us are pissed about it. He's still a sitting governor that's wasting taxpayer money and time. He's abandoned his state. He's completely just fucked up the MAGA movement as far as uh, the future goes with him. So I'm not going to keep going on the guy. I'm just going to mention this, okay? He's probably going to get... Meatball DeSantis is probably going to lose to two candidates that aren't in the race. Let me repeat. There is a likelihood... That Meatball Rob loses, not just to Donald Trump, not just to Nikki Haley, but he probably will lose to Vivek Ramaswamy and Chris Christie. Do you understand me? He's probably going to lose to Chris Christie and Ramaswamy, both of which have dropped out of the race. Okay, he's going to get fifth place in a three-man race. Do you know what a fucking loser you got to be to get fifth place when there's only three people in the race? Imagine losing and coming in fifth and only three people are competing. That is a special type of failure. A special type of suck. Let's talk money. I love a good money conversation. Ah, money. We're not done with Iowa. This is the Dilly Barry DeSantis uh, fucking show. Dollars spent per vote in Iowa. Trump, 340 bucks. DeSantis, $1,697.96. Nikki Haley, $1,797.84. When I tell you that $1,697 a vote is fucking awful, I, I mean... Just marinate on how absolute shit you have to be as a candidate to get these kind of numbers. This fucking guy, this fucking guy, this is like giving Casey DeSantis a billion dollars to marry you. You're like, really? Her? A billion? I mean, a billion? 
I mean, maybe you give her like a little Mazda or something and you go, here you go, here's a Mazda. You spent two, oh, fucking 1700 bucks to get a vote? They spent $340 a vote. Shout out to Phantom Shadow who has astutely pointed out that this only proves that we didn't take any money. Bingo. Yahtzee. 1,000 million percent facts. Team Trump, $340 a fucking vote. Proves the Dilly Meme team had butt sex with Team DeSantis for free. And yes, Randy, that's exactly what I said, honey. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, yeah, well. He's got one event. One event in New Hampshire. He gave up at New Hampshire. He's like, I can't win there. They know I'm a giant fucking pillow biter. That's the headline. I don't need to keep talking about that. Nobody cares. What's this? I saw that already. Amazing. All right, who wants to watch a meme? I got a meme on deck. I've been so busy. I've been traveling. I'm exhausted. I haven't been sleeping. I haven't been really doing much. I, I've just been working. I've been working so hard that I haven't even really been able to tweet like I normally would because I've been so buried. Would you guys like to watch a meme that I haven't got to vet yet? I hope it's really good. I, I, I believe it will be great. I have, a, I have what I believe is going to be an absolutely fantastic meme. It's created by my very good friend, Bad Karma. I have a feeling it's going to be incredible. I haven't got to vet it yet. But I believe it's going to be something that many of you will enjoy. And I know he worked on this all weekend. And I know he got the blessing from uh, the, the former staffer for Rush Limbaugh. Uh, she gave the blessing to, to create this. So I have a feeling it's going to be awesome. You want to see? Let's check it out. Welcome to today's edition of the Rush 2024 Podcast. Welcome to the new Rush 2024 Podcast, Hope and Truth. Greetings, my friends. Glad to have you all here once again. Rush Wimbaugh is still here during these times of turmoil and stress. It's right to be back. Thank you, memers. On that note, I just have to say, they are still trying to trash me and sneer me. They're still attacking us all. It's just bold-faced lying. I think the reason I get under their skin is because I buck their conventional wisdom and beliefs. So once again, the left is booing God. Did you happen to see this viral meme that Trump posted? Of all the memes out there in the world, a meme about how God made Trump who would have ever guessed that the word God would break the left and the internet? Yet they had to talk about it. It only took one word, God. 
so God broke them. This is pure idiocy. They had them break down a meme to their woke audience. Why do they care so much about some guy and his meme team who's not even on TV? This just shows how they mischaracterize us if we don't conform. So obviously, it hits close to home. No debate or discussion. They just judge every word in a meme. It's nothing more than a slime and smear tactic. Trying to destroy their credibility. Like some recent college student arguing about pronouns. But some ragtag guys on the internet broke them. I guess they're effective. So God bless the memers. And as I like to say, their talent is on loan from God. Wow. Magical Trevor, bad karma, well done. That was cool. Randy, did you see that? Yeah, it was amazing. Wasn't that good? It was really well done. Oh, thank you, love. This is why they're all chasing us. What'd you think? Incredible. Thank you for the sandwiches. Randy brought me sandwiches, guys. You're welcome. Maybe you'll be nicer now. Randy says I need to be nice while she interrupts my show over and over again yelling. <laughs> I don't mind if you come in here and talk. I just don't like when you're standing right out there and talk. Plus, I'm handicapped. Did you just say you're handicapped? Yeah, I'm handicapped. That's why Ron DeSantis wouldn't let me in his event. Okay. Everybody knows it. I can't hear very good out of my right ear. And Ron DeSantis knew that. And he's like, I don't want people with hard of hearing in their right ears to come into my event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a eugenicist. Yeah, that's why he threw out wheels. Because he saw the wheelchair. He's like, get that fucking thing out of here. He went full Peter Griffin, Randy. Yes, he's, a, he's Hitler. Yeah, he saw wheels wheelchair. And he was like, that guy brought his own chair. Get him the fuck out. Yep. Wrong. <laughs> Anyways. All right, I gotta go. Magical Trevor, bad karma. I love you guys. That was really well done. You did a great job. You should be very proud of yourselves. That was, um, have, has that been posted yet, guys? H has, have you guys posted that one yet or no? Also, how come Team DeSantis started attacking Scott Pressler just because he endorsed President Trump? They were calling him all kinds of um, bigoted names. I was like blown away by that. Like Scott Pressler is a, an extremely mild-mannered person who's very much just committed to the Republican Party and helping America. And he felt like the person that was probably going to have the best opportunity to do that was President Trump. So he made an endorsement. And he was very thoughtful in that endorsement. And Team DeSantis called him like every name under the book regarding his sexuality. Bad Karma, if you tweet that video out, I'd like to embed it if that's okay. Yeah, I think what's really strange about the attack on Pressler, I actually thought Scott was a pro-DeSantis guy this whole time because I, I found it strange that he wouldn't say anything for President Trump. But I respect his position, which is he's Johnny Appleseed. He's just like, I'm just going to register voters, which is pretty much Switzerland. Like, why would you attack Switzerland? Because the day before the war, Switzerland's like, it looks like America's going to win. I'm going to back him. 
super. I think that I think that was really a a, a shitty thing to do. That that wasn't necessary. And I and I think they're they're in like a they're like kind of radicalized now. They're weird people, and they've attracted some weird people. They've even attracted people from our side movement, MAGA wise, that are like starting to run with these weird disimps. And it's super sad because you're going to have your lives destroyed by that kind of behavior. Like, good things don't happen to you when you're vindictive like that. Now, fucking weird people, man. A lot of weird motherfuckers. That's one thing I'll tell you. There's a lot of weird motherfuckers. I ignore most of them now, but, man, there's some weird, weird motherfuckers out there. You got to be careful. Keep your head on a swivel for the weird motherfuckers. Also, one of the lies that Team DeSantis uh, was spreading, and I'm and I'm gonna clear it up. My friend Rich Barris, uh, what who I believe is one of the most effective communicators in all of polling, and I think he has probably the most accurate polling done. Rich Barris, DeSantis did not not win the 18 to 29 demographic. CNN exit polls were wrong. Taking a moment to do some basic math would have told you that it doesn't get him. To 50%. Trump won every single age demographic. The AP vote cast was more accurate from age to evangelical to ideology. <clears throat> so, this is the reality. President Trump won every age demographic. The DeSantis supporters lied so they could smear baby boomers. That's the only reason they said it. Trump won 52% of those age 17 to 29. 55% of those aged 45 to 64 and 49% of those 65 and over. Do the math. AP vote cast was much more accurate than the CNN entrance polls. So this was another lie that Team Meatball tried to say, which was that Trump is only popular with older voters and that boomers had screwed America again. Now, I've had my criticisms of certain generations, but this will not be one of them. Um, the bottom line is that boomers were not who put Trump over the edge as far as uh, percentage goes. And they, it, that it was actually uh, a combination of the three. Team Meatball had to lie about everything. You... And I really want to highlight something here. This is super important to know. You toured every county. Rob DeSantis, Casey DeSantis. You visited every county. You dragged your children out of school, out of preschool, out of their routine, onto the frozen tundra of Iowa during Thanksgiving and Christmas away from their friends and family, schoolmates and everything else, to visit every county in Iowa. And then you proceeded to lose every county in Iowa. Dilly Meme Team, you are incredible researchers. I'm going to humbly ask for you to research something and then meme it in an extremely simplistic Nonpartisan way. Listen to me. I'm serious. This will be the biggest kick in the nuts in the history of mankind, if I'm correct. In the history of the Iowa caucus, has 
anyone ever completed the full Grassley and then not won a single county? Magical Trevor, I would like your help on this because I want this to be as dry of a meme as possible. Has anybody ever completed the Grassley, which is visiting every county of Iowa, and then not won a single one? I, I have never heard of somebody visiting every county in Iowa and then not winning a single county. This might be one of the most historic failures ever, if that's true. According to Team DeSantis, Casey DeSantis knocked on three million doors. So what does that say about your personality and how they like you? And yes, I know, I know Chuck Grassley's in the hospital. We, we hope he makes a full recovery. He has an infection. I'm asking a question. Has anybody ever visited all 99 counties for six, seven months and failed to win a single county? Has that ever happened? Anyone? I don't think any of the other candidates this year visited all 99. I think only DeSantis completed the Grassley this year. This is beyond embarrassing. I'm going to have the meme team follow up on this. And if it's if I'm right, we're going to meme this and make sure everybody in America knows it. Cuz that is beyond embarrassing. What what an what that is historic bummery. Do you hear me? Historic bummery. Trev's digging into it now. We'll get an answer. We'll get an answer. I still am like beside myself with that Limbaugh meme. It was really good, dude. Seriously. That one's like low-key emotional. Hey, what did Mid-California send me? Mike sent me a meme. I hope this is cool. It looks cool. There's snow. What's this, Mike? What's this? What's the secret of saving your lips from the wind? My lips are sealed with chapstick. What stops the cold from letting the chapstick begin? My lips are sealed with chapstick. With chapstick lip balm, your lips are sealed. Sealed against chapping, drying, and cracking in any weather, any time of year. My lips are sealed with chapstick. And now there's a creamy way to treat chapped lips. Lip Soother Medicated Lip Cream from Chapstick. Mike, that's mean. You should make more. Poor Rob. I guess giving blowies in the uh, in the cold wasn't a good idea, huh? No more, no more fucking, uh, no more truck stop blowies in the cold, Rod. Bad idea. That's how you get lips like that. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. What is this? Hold on. 
or something. All right. I'm not going to do that. What's this? Oh, this is that aging lesbian. <clears throat> this aging lesbian on Twitter. If you ever come across her. There we go. There we go. DeSantis doesn't <clears throat> need to win a national election. He only needs to win Iowa, a state election. Once he wins Iowa, it com it changes the national election completely. Ah, that's good to know. <clears throat> well, except then this happened. The ultimate goal yesterday was not to win Iowa, although that would have been a bonus. The ultimate goal was to outperform the polls and increase name recognition, which DeSantis did with a solid second place. What? Oh, we got breaking news. Breaking news, folks. Holy Santa Claus shit. We have breaking news. No candidate in the history of the Iowa caucus has visited all 99 counties completing the full Grassley and not won a single county until both Rob DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy did it. They are the two biggest losers in the history of the Iowa caucus. So both Vivek and Meatball visited all 99 counties and became the first men to have ever done so and not won a single county. Really? That is a solid job of ineptness. I am really, good job. Now, credit to Vivek, no political history, not a sitting governor, much less money. Still, massive failure there, pal. But Meatball DeSantis, a fucking sitting governor in one of the largest states in our country, spent seven months visiting every county in the state of Iowa and then immediately lost every county in the state of Iowa. <laughs> President Trump was like, I'm going to visit like eight counties. And they're like, you're not going to do the Grassley? He's like, no. They're like, how are you going to win? He's like, like this. Gets 50 points. Unbelievable. By the way, Nikki Haley won a single county by one vote. Did you guys know that? Nikki Haley, President Trump won 98 out of 99 counties. In the one county Nikki Haley won, it was one vote difference. One vote. Or he'd won every county. I'm actually going to put something out. Hold on real quick. Let me word this.
You guys will like this. This will be funny. I uh, I said, is the campaign aware that Ron DeSantis is the first candidate in the history of the Iowa caucus to complete the full Grassley and not win a single county? Felt like something that should be in a press release. <laughs> That's how you do it right there. Let's just, you gotta, you gotta send this around a little bit. I know who does all the press releases. Hang on, hold please. I mean, we'll see. Maybe they say something. Maybe they don't. Whoopsie. That's really embarrassing. All right, I'm done. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go. I, I'm so behind at my house, it's not even funny. God bless you. God bless America. And God bless President Donald J. Trump. I am author Brendan Dilly, and I'll be back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another episode of The Dilly Show. Until then, let's keep taking it all back. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. But there is no way. This is the United States of America. We're not giving up our sovereignty to anybody. Fuck that. We came too close. Now we're going back the other direction. We're not going to get calmer as years go by. We're going to get more fired up. We're going to want more. I want more. This culture war, you fucking idiots, is not is not something about the just, oh, the next re-election. We want it all back. We want our schools back. We want our education. We want our higher education back. We want our banking back. We want our celebrity fucking entertainment industries back. We want our music back. We want our sports back. We're fighting for all of it. I won't stop until we have every fucking aspect of Americanism back and actually representing America. We're raising an entire generation of patriots right behind us who have the exact same attitude and thoughts and approach we're raising children you're aborting them we're raising them we're raising them to vote we're raising them to recognize bullshit we're training them to not trust the the, uh, government or the media we're training them in weapons we're training them in free speech we're not a fucking thing the left can do about it we're not going away this is only the beginning globalism was a failed idea that was the george bush era republican rhino sellout scumbag globalist approach to things This is a new America. This is a new America that resembles the old America, except for with a lot more wisdom. And you're just gonna have to get used to it, lefties. We're not going anywhere.